There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. It's our first postseason episode that we're doing. And it's coming after the O's 11-8 loss to the Rangers to go down 0-2 in this best of five ALDS series. We're recording this one, Rip. 11.07 on a Sunday night. PM. I have a flight to catch at 6.30 Monday morning to go to Texas. So let's get this thing done, man. But let's not, we're not gonna rush. We're not gonna rush our topics. We're gonna talk in depth and get into it because there is a lot to talk about. Orioles fans are sounding off after this loss. It was it was a bad one. It was a brutal one. And it was one the the Orioles almost came back and won in the ninth, but it was too little too late with that Aaron Hicks homer. But what we're going to talk about on this episode is Grayson Rodriguez making his first postseason start, and he threw a dud. There's no, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It was not a good performance from the rookie. We've seen Grayson Rodriguez at the top of his game, and we've seen Grayson Rodriguez the bottom of his game. And this looked like the Grayson Rodriguez of old before he got sent down to the minors. Walks were killer for everybody. The bullpen, Grayson, the guys who came after him, 11 walks, that just isn't cutting it. And 11 walks rip, that's a new season high for this ball club. Big names are struggling at the plate. Cedric Mullins and Allie Rutschman, the guys that you need to step up in these series, they are, they are not stepping up to the plate and swinging the bat the way they know how to swing it. So that's been tough for the team as well. And the message in the clubhouse, down 0-2, backs up against the wall. It's been done before. Ten times in MLB history have teams come back and won the series, the best of five being down 0-2. You know who was on the last team to do it? Aaron Hicks, 2017 Yankees. He's on the club now. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about, man. You want to take it from here? Yeah, you know, so we'll, we'll touch on, obviously, game two is fresh. But overall, for this weekend, a lot of excitement going to the park, right? Honestly, this is people were saying this is the most exciting weekend they've had in Baltimore in a long time. We're going to go with the Orioles hosting games one and two. The Ravens are playing the Steelers and could take over the division. Just Sunday in general was not great for Baltimore sports fans. Uh, but but for everything to dive into it, if we're going to go to game two, because game one, the Orioles had their chances, didn't capitalize in a very close game three to two. Today. On this episode of game two, the Orioles struck first. Grayson got through that first inning. It kind of felt right where I thought that after that moment where Grayson was struggling to find his command, but he got out of it, it just felt like, okay, now he's going to start to get going. Yep. Aaron Hicks has that huge hit. Yep. It was actually a great pitch by Jordan Montgomery, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hicks just able to stick his butt out, get the barrel to the uh, ball, 
and the Orioles uh, strike first. Gunnar Henderson, amazing slide. The, yeah, the place that is fired nuts. up the crowd with that slide. That was big time too. But then the 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 theme for today was control and not giving Texas more opportunities, and that's just what happened. Texas had opportunity after opportunity because the Orioles couldn't have shut down innings, and they gave up so many free passes. You mentioned 11 walks for this team. Grayson Rodriguez is a pitcher that uses his fastball to as a weapon first, and that sets up his other pitches. But when he doesn't have that fastball command, he can't set up that uh, changeup and then set up some of those other off-speed pitches. And it was evident, Rock, from, the, from that second inning especially. And, that's, and that initially took the wind out of the sails for Orioles fans, but hope wasn't lost. But definitely for Grayson, that's not what you wanted to see. It felt like maybe his adrenaline was running a little bit too high, and he was just making it, to me, it just looked like he was trying to do a little bit too much, and that was affecting his, you know, quite frankly, just affecting his accuracy. When Grayson struggles, it seems like it's hard for him to control his emotions. And he's a young pitcher. He's a rookie. It's understandable. There's going to be frustration. There's going to be emotions. I'd rather have a guy out there, not that's a head case because I don't think Grayson is, but that does get frustrated when he's down or when he's struggling, but not to the point where it gets in his head. And I think this outing really got in his head. We've seen Grayson be so, so, so good in big moments, especially in the second half of the season, because that first half of the season before he got sent down to the minors, he was not great. He had flashes. He made his debut against the Rangers. Looked all right. Looked pretty good. And then the Rangers, oddly enough, were the team that sent him down when they put up, I think, 12 in that game and just really got to Grayson and were just hitting tanks off of him. So this was kind of a full circle moment for Grayson to be back against the team that that sent him down, that he made his debut against, the team that he grew up rooting for on the mound uh, to, to be in this moment. and. He didn't step up the way that we've seen Grayson step up. And you know what? Grayson is going to have moments to shine in his, in his career. This team is going to have moments to shine going forward. So I'm not going to say, oh yeah, Grayson, we're going to pin this on him. He's a bad pitcher because he's not, simply. Grayson is one of the guys that got you to this point. And for Hyde to ride with Grayson for game two, it is what it is. I still think it was a good decision to start Grayson game two. Maybe you could have gone with someone else more experienced like Gibson. But I think Grayson, how hot he's been in the second half of the season, you had to go with him there. Do you yeah, agree? Hell yeah. I mean, look, we, you can't second guess because things don't go right, right? I mean, Clayton Kershaw was going to start oh. game one for the Dodgers, and then he got waxed by the D-backs. I mean, the D-backs are swinging it. They're confident. That's baseball for you. That's how professional sports goes, and especially in this sport where now the wild card series is no longer, to me, a disadvantage because if you win the series – you're getting those reps and you're carrying that in. The team that have the teams that have to sit uh, for a week, they're sitting there. They're not getting those live reps. Yeah, you can go and do simulated games, both as pitchers and hitters, but you can't replicate what it's like to be in a game. When it was that winner go home sequence of one game, mm-hmm. that's where all hands are on deck and you have to scratch and claw, and that's where your bullpen and your pitching staff and your team can get depleted. Right? Not in this case for the Orioles. That time off definitely has hurt them. Grayson Rodriguez has had an unbelievable second half of this season. The problem was tonight, he looked like a guy that, like this offense in game one, just was out of sync, right? Mm -hmm. And for Grayson, I was looking at that second inning specifically where the wheels fell off. 
Grayson walked the leadoff guy, especially that's the last thing you want to do to start off after you get two runs. The first, the last thing you want to do is get let the leadoff guy get on via walk. Like that, that's a that's a death sentence. Then Young gets a single. And this is for me where you know things aren't going as well. Grayson against Tavares. Ball first pitch. Strike one, strike two. And then he has a four-seamer that's right over the heart of the plate. It's a little bit middle of the way, but it catches the, the big part of it. And they did damage to it. And then that mm-hmm. led ultimately to them finding more and more ways to score runs. And that's the way it is. But you can't yeah. second guess because the guy had been doing what, he, what you've hoped for all season long. But we have talked about when you haven't been in these moments, this is different. You can't, you hope that the, the guys were prepared for it the best they can. But until you're in the playoff atmosphere, and this Texas Rangers lineup, Brock, I think people can't, you got to understand this. This is the best offense in the American League. Yeah. Like we're Top not, we, we're talking about sugarcoating Grayson Rodriguez struggles. Texas is the best offense in the American League. They were arguably the best offense outside of Atlanta all season long. And there's good reason. This team makes you work, and this good and this team makes you pay for mistakes, and the Orioles had plenty of them today. Now, some of the big mistakes, Rip, were on the mound, and those were the biggest mistakes because you, you can't walk guys, not 11 times in a game. That's just uncharacteristic of the Orioles. Set a new season high for the pitching staff for walks in a single game, and that's not what you want, giving guys free passes to get on base and setting up this so this this lineup that's so powerful for the Texas Rangers just to dominate you going forward. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna look at this real quickly, I wanted to go through and I might have mixed up my words earlier when we were doing our segment, but Simeon let off the game single. I think it was with two strikes, if I'm not mistaken. It was second inning. We had that leadoff walk, right? Third inning comes around. How's the inning get going for that? Four run the grand slam inning for the Rangers. You get the first out of the inning. Guess what? Next person walk. Then Simeon walks. Then Seeger walks. Right. And then guess Seeger who walked with? a lot. He walked five times. He made postseason history. I think how, the amount of times Seeger walked in this game is probably I felt like how I walked as much in a season. I never walked a ton. Rock. I wish I did. Would have helped my OBP for sure. But that third inning, all runners on base prior to Garver's granny were via the walk. And when we're looking at a game where the Orioles lose by three and you go and look at the box score and you go, man, the Orioles had 14 hits. Mm-hmm. They out hit them. Out-hit they out hit them. But the problem is when you go and look at what happened in the game and you see the 11 walks that the Orioles gave out compared to the Rangers, even though Jordan Montgomery did not have his best stuff for Texas, the Rangers only gave two free passes. Two free passes. The Orioles hitters earned every bit of those runs today. They had to. And not saying that Texas didn't. They 1,000% did. But we see how much easier it is to score because if you walk a guy or two, then you just need one knock for someone to score. And that's really where the damage was done for Texas. And like I just said before, Texas is going to make you pay. Rock, everyone in Texas lineup reached base safely today. And that's a testament to their lineup, but it's also a clear indication that the Orioles pitching staff did not have control of their pitches today. No, you're absolutely right. And you sound a little horse rep. Are you, uh, you, you know, are you yelling in those TV seats that you uh, had today no for TV first seats, row huh? behind home? I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Well, yeah. yeah, 
You know what? Maybe not Pop, yelling Pops as didn't, much. Pops didn't sit in them, so so it was you today. You know what? First off, they're my seats. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what you're yeah, talking okay, about. Okay, my seats. You got the invite this time. Oh, I did this time for sure. And, and you know what? I didn't. Uh, well, you know what? For good reason. You were just you were you were uh, chirping me from the top. I was. But it, you know, look, it was uh, it was fun to be in the atmosphere of it. Yeah. But being right there, close and per- uh, cl- uh, close and personal, I got a, a front row seat. Pun intended of actually being able to look and digest and the body language of some of the pitchers too, the conviction. A lot of things that I was noticing is pitchers were falling behind in the counts too, Rock. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where I was looking at it. Even when Flaherty came in or Brian Baker before, Brian Baker was the one where really things kind of fell off and it felt like the air was sucked yeah. out of the stadium. Baker was going back to his all-speed pitches where he just didn't have control from the start. And when you don't have control from the start and you don't go and challenge hitters, that's where things can get dangerous. You can play a, uh, you're playing with fire, and the Orioles are playing with fire today. And yeah, the more I'm talking here, yeah, my voice is a little bit hoarse. A little bit it? hoarse. It's all right. I just want to go through the walks and the lines for the pitchers because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Orioles pitchers saw the mound in this one. Grayson Rodriguez, one and two thirds inning innings, five earned on six hits. He walked four, struck out two. Danny Coulomb, a third of an inning, one strikeout. Brian Baker, a third of an inning, three walks, three earned, uh, and no, no hits. No hits. No yeah, hits. because the three hit, walks. the hit that gave it up was Jacob Webb. He gave up the grand slam, um, but it got credited. Three of those two, three of those runs got credited to Baker. Correct. Yep. Yep. Three of those runs got credited to Baker. So Webb, one and two thirds, one earned on one hit. He struck out one, didn't walk any. Flaherty, two innings pitched. One earned on two hits, three walks, one strikeout. Tyler Wells, one inning pitched, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, zero strikeouts. Great line for Tyler Wells. Sino Perez, one inning pitched, one hit, no earned, two strikeouts. Great line for him as well. And then Cano, one inning pitched, one hit, one earned, one walk. One walk. And so, and here's the other thing I thought was interesting. First pitch strikes for batters faced, right? So we talked about the walks. Brian Baker in that inning of the four batters he faced, he had a first pitch strike in one of those four chances against the hitters, right? Grayson Rodriguez, 15 batters faced. Ten of those are were first pitch strikes. And I'm not saying that it's going to automatically result in success. Jack Flaherty, three of his ten hitters he faced, he got ahead first pitch strike. Again, it's not saying that you can't fight back. But when you find yourself in a hole, and you if whoever watched this game, you could see there the the pitches that guys could go to that they could rely on or count on, they weren't landing those pitches, and it was evident, and they couldn't find a way then to kind of right the ship, right? And as as you go into the postseason, especially and Rock, we felt it out there. The game was got the sun was going down, game got a little bit colder. It's a little bit harder yeah. to grip the baseball yep. as well. That's all a part of it. But and it's not it's not an excuse by any means because the Rangers are playing in the same type of situation. If we're going to go on the other side, the MVP for me for the Rangers was Kobe. I think it was Cody Bradford for them. He went three and two thirds of an inning, three hits, no earned, four Ks, and guess how many walks? Rock zero, zero walks. When the Orioles are trying to battle back, and this lefty that comes in, Cody Bradford, is really to me the hero of that. And gets them to the it gets into the eighth inning, keeping that the Orioles at bay, and that really was the difference of it. The Rangers bullpen, when it came time, 
kept the Orioles' offense at bay, and unfortunately for the Orioles' side of it, the bullpen early on, damage was done that the Orioles couldn't come back from. Rip, I don't think the series is over by any means. No, 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 no. I really don't. And I think if you're a fan out there and you think it is over by any means, you haven't watched this. Yeah, shame, shame, shame. Game of Thrones, shame. You haven't watched this ball club all year long and how resilient they are. I know the postseason is a different animal. I know this team has been flat, especially, but towards the end of the game, there is light at the end of the tunnel. They fought back and they were, despite all of those walks offensively, I mean, they were hitting the crap out of the ball. So that's what you're going to need. And get this, when the two teams played that first series of the year, the O's won those first two games on the road. And then the Rangers won the finale. When they came here, the Rangers, I think, won the first two on the road. Yep. And the O's won the finale. The away team in both series won two of those three. I'm confident that the O's can come back. Now, listen, Avaldi is a stud. Stud. And it's going to be tough. In my opinion right now for the Orioles, and if... And yeah, he's could, pitching, could, game, he's could, pitching could, game three. And could it be the yeah. first time that the Orioles could get swept? Sure, but let me tell you something here. If the Rangers do not sweep these Baltimore yep. Orioles, watch out. I will tell the Rangers this. You need to put this team away tomorrow, or it could get ugly going forward. And I could, you know, I could be on freezing cold takes. It could be a complete hot take for me, but I really don't think that's the case, man. You give this team an inch. They're going to take a mile, and we've seen it all season long. Yeah, and that's how it's been. And, and look, and this is the same thing. When you have good teams, great teams, which the Orioles are not a good team. I, I apologize. They are a great team. Yeah, it's They're going to continue to fight. The Orioles have had a better record on the road this year than they did at home. That's mm-hmm. another thing to keep in mind. And also, as we've seen in postseasons over the years, Rock, crazy things have happened. And when you give teams some hope, like you just talked about, yep. the other team gains confidence, and the team that's trying to hold on gets a little bit more tense. They get a little bit more stressed. Texas came into Baltimore playing with house money. They had nothing to lose. They weren't the number one seed. They were coming in off the wild card. They, no one was really expecting them to be favorites in this. Well, guess what? Now everyone's going, well, wait a minute, Texas is going to roll to this. You lose a game. That pressure's back on you. And a team that has really uh, thrived, the Orioles, being the underdog, being the team that no one's really thought that they were going to win the American League East, find a way to get to the postseason, this is the moment for them. I think with the backs against their wall, the backs against the wall, the Orioles have always rose to the occasion. And also the fact you brought it up, Cedric Mullins and Adley Rutschman haven't gotten going. No, it, it has been. I know we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're going to talk about that right here. Let's and just do it. That's kind of yeah. a segue. in. I was trying to work on yeah. a segue. It was a little bit early, but ah, we're working a little on bit, it a little bit. You know, but, but it is what it is. But hey, to the point. Those guys haven't gotten going, and uh, if they do, it can change a lot of things. And they need to. They have C- to. Cedric Mullins and Adley Rutschman combined two games this series. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, it's. It's. They. I think it's one hit. One of sixteen. Rip. That's unacceptable for for two guys that are just absolute studs and fan favorites. And we know how well they can hit. And we know the big moments they've been in this season. Both Adley and Cedric have stepped up in big moments this season. And for them to be one of 16 in the two biggest games of their career, it's unacceptable. We need better Adley Rutschman. We need better Gunner, or sorry, better Cedric Mullins and Adley Rutschman going forward. And they know that. 
And I think that switch is going to flip when they go to Texas. And I think you're going to see big games, game three, game four from Adley Rutschman and Cedric Mullins, because they know you think you think Cedric Mullins is going to go out like that. You think Adley Rutschman is going to go out like that. There's no chance. No. And the, and that's that's the reality of the Orioles, Orioles team. They've had somebody step up each and every game. It feels like when things go right, it's been everyone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, Ryan O'Hearn came off the bench. He was one of those guys. There was a lot of lot loud outs today. Ryan O'Hearn had one of those in the ninth inning, smoked that ball to left, right? Mm-hmm. Jorge Mateo swung the bat really well. He was absolutely great today. And he, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. So happy for him, especially yeah. with all the criticism he's had for this yep. year. But to talk about a guy like Adley and Cedric were guys that, of course, this is not how they – you do not want your two of your – consistent guys or, or players that you believe can come up in clutch situations which they have done this season to be slumping at this time. It feels like the wrong time, but just, it just takes one hit rock. And we talked about it on sports unlimited here on Sunday night, just takes one to get going to see one drop can change your whole mindset. And we've seen what Cedric Mullins can do when those moments happen. We've seen when Adley Rutschman's feeling good changes the dynamic, but so far for them, it's been a challenge. And for some of these guys, I mean, it's really just been, I think that's what's shocking to the Orioles fans. You lose game one in a one-run game where that's been the Orioles' bread and butter. They find a way to win, Rock, right? In mm-hmm. game two, it was the Orioles are trying to bounce back, but in a moment where you thought one of those guys could get a big hit to keep the rally going, it didn't happen. Really, the, the two guys that were, three guys, you say, that were making big impacts, impactful swings tonight, Jorge Mateo, we just mentioned. Uh, Aaron Hicks, great game out of him. And Gunnar Henderson against lefties. So imagine, you can sprinkle in guys like Cedric and Adley. I mean, and tonight in a, in a game where the Orioles put up eight runs, Santander was 0 for 5, and he was popping up just underneath some baseballs, had some strong swings. So this team's close. Do you think, Rip, that the lineup needs a bit of a shakeup? Maybe not new faces in there, but shifting guys around maybe having a different guy lead off? Well, you know what? I'm going to be curious. I'm just asking. I don't have really no. any opinion on that, but I'm, I'm, you know, 
Is is that going to change things? Oh, I, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting you know question because guys that have been at the top of the order for the longest time have been Gunner and Adley. I Gunner, don't think and, and Gunner's hitting two fifty nine as the leadoff guy, batting second three hundred three, batting third three seventy. So he hits his best when he's the third batter in the lineup, not leadoff. But I I do like Gunner leading off games. I yeah. really do because I think he provides a spark and a much needed spark and. Could that be the case going forward, do you think? I, I think especially since he found his confidence, especially against this left-handed lineup, uh, left-handed pitcher, and the Orioles throwing out their left-handed lineup. I mean, people probably wonder, oh, Gunner doesn't hit lefties well. Just give it, I mean, people, please. In the big leagues, it is hard to hit, especially against if a lefty on lefty. Yep. The guy is going to figure him out, by the way, and you're seeing it more often right now. Had a great game. But especially with the righty, with Evaldi going to the mound, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. I think Gunnar Henderson being at the top of that order is the move to go. And here's another part of it with an offense that we talked, obviously they played well tonight. But if your offense is going to struggle, two things you need to have, especially what you want. You want to have guys at the top of your order that you think that if you could get one more at bat to, who do you want up there? Mm-hmm. So that my, my opinion would be that would be Gunnar Henderson. Get him another at bat by any means necessary. And then number two, who can be that catalyst? Who's going to mm-hmm. spark that lineup as well? I think Gunnar Henderson checks that box, especially with what what's going on with Adley Rutschman. I'd slide Adley back to the two-hole, let Gunnar lead off in game three, and let the chips fall where they may. And I do think Ryan O'Hearn's going to re-enter the lineup with Evaldi. Yeah. So I think that Ryan O'Hearn's going to slide into that four-hole and you're going to have some different pieces, hopefully, that can spark that lineup. Yeah, because when Gunner gets on, he scores. Because he's going to try to steal. He's a great base runner, one of the best on the team. I know he got thrown out game one, but that was a hit-and-run situation that they talked about after the game, and evidently that was on Hicks. Hicks missed a sign, according to Brandon Hyde. So Gunner, while he looked back a few times, it kind of slowed him down like he was supposed to be running there. And, you know, it is what it is. So game one. They drop game two. They drop now down 0-2 to the Rangers as we head to Texas for a crucial game three on the road. Rip, 10 times have teams come back down 0-2 in a best of five series. The Orioles, if they do this, they'd be the 11th. 2017 was the last time it's been done. The New York Yankees. Guess who was on that squad? Aaron. Aaron Hicks. Hicks. Aaron Hicks. A guy like that has been in this situation before. It's possible. And to have him be on this squad, I'm sure. He's like, guys, this, this is not over. Talking to Hicks after the game, he said that they just, they just need to score runs. They, they do. They need to score runs. They need to continue to do their job as an offense. But the one quote that I want to bring up, the one quote that really stuck out to me was a guy that didn't even play tonight is actually, which was kind of weird, a guy that was warming up in the bullpen in the ninth, and that's Kyle Gibson. And Brandon Hyde basically said, we used everyone. He's like, we were, you know, it's like, and if Cano, if it got to the 10th, if we tied it, got to the 10th, Cano was going to go the 10th, and then could have been Gibson afterwards. So Gibson could have pitched tonight, and that would have been crazy because I think that Gibson should potentially be in line to start game three. I think he's got the veteran leadership. He's a guy that you're paying $10 million to for one year. It's like, why not? It's going to be either him or Kramer. Yep. Flaherty's off the roster because of elbow soreness. What so, it means off the roster. Or, yeah, sorry, yes. sorry, sorry. That's what I meant. You're right. Means. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But right, no, right, means right off, yes, yes, yes. Flaherty pitched tonight. But, um, but that's what I'm talking about. But Gibson's quote, he said, I would urge anybody not to get on the plane if they're not confident they're coming back and playing game five. 
that sticks with me. Yeah, amen. That should stick with everyone in that clubhouse because don't get on this plane if you're not confident that we're coming back here to play a game five. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and for fans out there and everyone, yeah, you've seen what this team's done. You've had those doubts all year, and this team deserves that belief that they can do this, mm-hmm. right? And as a competitor, I, yeah. For me, no matter what I did, I don't care what the stakes were. You know, I got, I got uh, roasted a little bit on on uh, Twitter X, whatever it's called, Rock, because I met the Fuji super fan Fuji <laughs> today, electric by the way. But I said, "Book it, Orioles are winning." And people go, "Well, that didn't age well, Ryan." I go, "What do you want me to say? Do you think I actually have belief? Every time the Orioles go out there, they're going to yeah. win that ball game. Those guys in that locker room believe every time they go out in the field, they're going to win that ball game. They do. So why the hell would it change just because all of a sudden you lose the first two games of a best of five? Why the hell then, if we're going to go back this early in the season, when the Rays came to Baltimore and took the first two games against Baltimore, tied tied them in the division, should the Orioles have just said, you know what, throwing in the towel? No. They said, we're going to bounce back. We're going to get, we're going to get right back on that field and we're going to show people what we're made of and we're going to keep battling. And to keep that moment in mind here, the Orioles, after they dropped those two games to the Rays, yep. won the next two to take a two game lead going to Houston and then won the next two in Houston. So you're talking about two teams, two of the best teams in baseball that mm-hmm. the Orioles won four straight against. Why the hell not? Could the Orioles go to Texas, take two, and come back and win a game five? Possible, man. It's improbable, but it's not impossible. I'm not even saying it's improbable. I honestly do think it is very possible, and especially for the fact if the Orioles win game three. And I know you got to say, well, of course they had to win game three. No, no, no. If they win game three, all pressure is on the Texas Rangers. They need their starting pitching to go at least five innings. I'd say to go at least six innings. Six would be great. If you if you get your starter starting pitcher, whoever it may be, go six strong innings, quality start, get out there, set the bullpen up for success, you are in line to win a ball game, especially against the Texas Rangers. And that hasn't been the case. Kyle Bradish, the ace of this ball club, he's been fantastic. 2.83 ERA entering his first postseason game. One of the best in all of baseball, goes out and he goes four and two thirds. Wasn't a great outing from him. And then Grayson Rodriguez does the same. So whoever is starting this next game, the Orioles need a quality start from whoever that may be against the Texas Rangers. Yeah. You and need I, it. Man, and I will say this, though. I thought with Bradish, they could have left him in longer in that game because his stuff was dominant. He had that bad inning where it just was he, he hung his breaking ball and they took advantage of it. It was yeah. four straight hits, I believe. But for that game, Bradish had nine Ks. Yep. So for me, um, if I'm the Orioles, I'm hoping and praying I can get Bradish one more start because I think he's going to come out there and dominate. But to your point, you're right. You need one of your starters now to step up. That has been one of the strengths for this Orioles team over the last couple months and the reason why they were able to secure the AL East. Their starting pitching took this big step, but now you need it most. And whether it's Dean Kramer or Kyle Gibson or whoever, and honestly, Rock, I'm gonna, um, if I'm going to be frank here, I wouldn't be surprised if we see both of those guys in Game 3. I think whoever doesn't start is going to be ready with all hands on deck to come right in there because that's where the Orioles are at. And I honestly think if John Means was in this equation, he would also factor into that situation. And it's just a side note. I was thinking of the one thing I was a little bit surprised with. I thought Jack Flaherty actually was going to come in after maybe Grayson come in earlier in the game because of having maybe that longer relief role. I didn't expect Baker. 
that's neither here nor there, neither here nor there. But I do think in this case for game three, we will see a starter come in like Kyle Gibson or Dean Kramer if the O's get in trouble early. You said you you don't want to be Frank. I just want you to be Ryan on this podcast. Oh my gosh. So, you know, this is what it is. Did you really just drop that I did. Joke? I did. Well, corny joke. You are you're as corny as they come. Yeah, thanks. You're a good kid though. Yeah, appreciate you. You got any rips tips for uh this postseason episode? Yeah, rips tips rock? here. I think it's just simple here. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up when things get tough. Uh, and uh, this is directed, obviously, with this team, right, Rock? But if anything you've done, whatever it is in your life, and you put so much time and effort, sacrifice, blood, sweat, tears, whatever the hell it may be, don't all of a sudden, when you feel like you're at a crossroads, throw it in. Why? You spent all this time and energy getting to this point. You owe it to yourself. Mm-hmm. To see it through. If it doesn't work out after that point, so be it. But also there's that chance that if you push through the tough times, you get through it and you find or get to the place you want to be. And doesn't that sound like what's happened here with the Baltimore Orioles as well? They have had an unbelievable season. Tremendous. Spectacular. Honestly, it's had so many fans in awe. So all of a sudden, because the Orioles lose two games, to start the postseason, that they should just throw in the towel. It should be done. You should write them off. Hell no. They are not going to do that. Neither should you with whatever you're going to do because you've come this far. The Orioles, what's that song with Drake now? I didn't come this far to not come this far, whatever the Kim K. (laughs) I didn't come this far to not come this far. I I haven't really listened to the new album that much. I heard the song with J. Cole that was really good. I I know, but I haven't heard like half the album. I laugh really hard because I think Kim Kardashian's on that part where he samples her in like, I didn't come this far to not come this far. One, I laugh because I think it's hilarious. But two, really is hell of a line. Because why come this far to just throw it in? And that's my message for everyone. Whatever you're doing in your life, Keep pushing through that. Keep grinding through. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they're going to do the same. And it's going to happen in game three in Texas. One of my favorite quotes of all time, Rip. It comes from Rocky Balboa. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can keep getting hit. Keep moving forward. I messed that up. It's not how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. There we go. I got it down. I there just we messed go. That up completely. There we go. But you know what I was. You getting were at. setting up. No, but the it's dramatic. That's, that's how. That's how it is, though. It's like you get hit in the mouth. You get punched and hit and kicked. But if you keep moving forward, if you keep going, and this is in life, this is in sports, this is in anything, you're going to be successful because you have the will, because you have the drive. And you know what? The Orioles might not win game three. They might get swept. Who knows? But you know they're going to give it their all when they get out there, and they're going to leave it all out on the field regardless. And I think that's what this fan base wants from this ball club. Obviously, they'd love a World Series. It would be fantastic. Obviously, they'd love the Orioles to take a trip back to the ALCS. That would be fantastic. But if it doesn't happen, I mean, this team is special. And going forward, it's going to be even more special because of the names you have coming up. This organization's not done, nor will they be. The rebuild is a thing of the past. This team is here to stay. Whether they win this series, whether they don't win this series, you can look out for the Baltimore Orioles going forward over the course of the next five to 10 years or so. Exactly. And that, that's the point. 
is that there's so many things that are positive. All the things that we're just talking about here, it's it's a positive. It's another. It's one positive here, another positive, another positive, and we get so caught up on the one negative that's going. And yes, I, it's it's glaring the negative. The Orioles are in an O2 hole, right? But don't discredit everything that's happened here. And because with all the positive as a, as a society, rock, and that's why, like personally, I look at it. Imagine for you and your job right now, how hard you've worked to get to where you are right now. And all of a sudden, if you have a bad day, bad week, and you feel frustrated, and sometimes we have those moments. I've had this in my career too so far, both as a professional athlete playing baseball and then now in the media world where I constantly am going to have those moments, but I go, you know what? I'm doing myself a disservice, so I'm going to say, you know what? I'm done. It's too much. For me, what's the rest of that Rocky line? It's like, that's the easy way out. You know, that's not you. That's not that's not me. That's not you, Rock. And that's not this Baltimore Orioles team. They're going to keep grinding. I love it, man. And I really hope they do. It's been a great season. And hopefully this is not the last episode that we're recording. We're going to definitely try to do one after game three. So it's not going to be the last one no, we record. But hopefully it's not on a loss. And we're, we're talking about an O's win going forward. And they can, you know, make it 2-1. Gain a little ground. And then we see what happens on Wednesday. Game three, Tuesday, 8 p.m. You can watch it on Fox 45, shameless plug, as usual. Got to plug the station. Got to plug. But, and then Morgan and I, Morgan Asset and I will have coverage after the game. Um, I'm taking the trip to Texas. If you're going to Texas, please message me. Let me know where you're at. Let me know if you're, if you're from Texas or you know somebody in Texas. There's an Orioles fan club in Texas where they're watching the game or where they're getting together because I'd love to see it. I'd love to be a part of that as well. Obviously, I'm going to go over to the game, but definitely want to connect with Birdland and those fans out there that are going to the game in Texas. So that's going to do it for this postseason edition episode of Rip and Rock. For Ryan Ripken, I'm Rocco DeSangro. You can download these episodes, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, really wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate the episode, you know, review, let us know what you think. And uh, of course, you can follow us at Ryan Ripkin on Twitter and Instagram, at Rocco DeSangro on Twitter, at rdesangro on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.